the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This program is sponsored by North Valley Church of Christ. There's a message true and glad for the sinful and the sad. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. It will give them courage new. It will help them to be true. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring out. Good afternoon, folks, and welcome back to another episode of Redeeming the Time. I'm your host, Chris Macy. And I am the minister here with the North Valley Church of Christ. Today, I want us to look at the word gentleness. Gentleness. This is, is a, from a class I just did here at North Valley on Sunday morning. We're going through the fruit of the Spirit. And I, I know we haven't finished Titus. We're going to get there. Don't worry. But I, the, I like this class. And even though the class is 45 minutes, I, can, I think I can get this down to 27 minutes. That would be just fine. So gentleness. And we know that comes from the fruit of the Spirit, like I just said, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, where you got love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And these last three, these are really associations or relationships. Faithfulness toward God. Gentleness is toward others. And self-control toward self, right? So gentleness summarizes our relationship with others. Maybe your translation says meekness. Uh, It's speaking of power under control. And many folks, even us who know what gentleness or meekness means, but when we hear that, I think we just can't help but have this idea or feeling of weakness, a a lack of strength, or a lack of courage, someone who doesn't step out there and, and do the right thing. But this is not at all what that Greek word means. This word was used in our Greek or in the Greek language to describe a wild animal that was tamed and brought under control. The the oxen has great strength and the ability to cause all kinds of damage, but one that has this characteristic of gentleness allows itself to be yoked and directed. Unlike weakness, meekness or, or gentleness is a conscious choice. It is having the power to do something, but restraining from it. We are taking off self and putting on Christ. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, Christ tells us in Matthew chapter 11. So this person is in complete control of his or her actions toward others. Just like self-control is toward self, gentleness is a self-control toward others. It has to do with keeping your composure, enduring all things within even temper. The Baker's Bible Dictionary of Christian Ethics says, the meek man does not fight for his own rights or insist upon vindication of his personal honor. He does not repay in kind when injustices are done to him. His is not the spirit of retribution. The opposite of meekness is when we kick and rage against anything that comes our way that doesn't seem fair. Meekness is the opposite of pride and arrogance and a haughty spirit and the opposite to someone who is prone to outbursts of anger and 
violence toward others. And of course, we can really see what this gentleness is by looking at Jesus. Jesus had the infinite resources of God at his command, and yet always kept his power under control and was gentle with those who were his enemies. Remember what Jesus said to Peter when he tried to protect Jesus and, and he cut off that servant's ear, Malchus's ear, in Matthew 26, 53? Do you, do you think that I cannot appeal to my father? And he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels. A legion is 6,000 troops, making this 72,000 angels. He could have called 72,000 angels, right? Can you imagine having that much power and yet letting people do to you what he let them do to him? How are we going to be like Christ if we have a haughty spirit that is ready to crush anyone who is in opposition to us? Jesus said things like, Blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. And whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn to him the other also. Meekness or gentleness needs to characterize our relationship with those we interact with from day to day. And so, do we exhibit gentleness? So we're going to deal with gentleness today, which is actually from the same root word as kindness. There there, there are similarities there, but, but there are many more uses of the word in the Greek that have slightly different meaning, like mildness, meekness, of course, suitableness, and humility. Of course, it also means what we would expect it to mean. Gentleness is gentle. Deep intellectual stuff there, right? The sentence, uh, there's a sentence that jumped out to me. It was from the Wall Street Journal. Now, I don't read that. I don't get that paper. It was sent to me. But so... uh, It it stuck with me because of this title. People want to be lightly governed by strong governments, the writer would say. That's what we've wanted since we were small children. Don't you want your dad to be big and strong and able to do anything you could think of, except when he dealt with you? It had to be with gentleness and tenderness. Don't you want a policeman on the corner of your your street tough enough to handle any neighborhood bully, but but one who would also hoist your kids or maybe you up onto his shoulders and help you find your parents when you got lost in a crowd? Lots of muscle, lots of restraint. It seems there's an innate yearning in almost all of us for that rare combination. When evil people rise up, we want a government with the clout to back them down. Yet, we never want that clout turned on us. In the final analysis, people want to be lightly governed by strong governments because that's how God governs. 
the omnipotent ruler of the universe, is also the one who invites us tenderly in Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He is saying that he is meek and humble, not like the Pharisees who laid the load of the law on people all the time. Even Peter recognized that after while he was an apostle, he said, you know, how can we lay a a load upon the Gentiles that we ourselves could not handle? (laughs) In Acts uh, chapter 11. 1 Peter chapter 3. Excuse me. uh, Peter's talking about... Uh, about wives who are very vain and overly proud of the way they look. And Peter calls them to have a gentle, quiet spirit. He's not telling them to be weak and to not talk at all, but he is saying that God looks at their heart. And this heart should be humble, not flaunting what they have. But gentleness is not just a female trait. Jesus is gentle. Perhaps the best way to describe this gentleness is strength under control. When you play with your baby, do you use the same strength you would you would if you were playing with another adult? Obviously no. A baby needs to be handled more gently. Mothers, of course, are are usually a far more gentle because their nature tends to be gentler. And I I think Peter is saying here that women were made by God to be gentler than men. So don't be afraid to express this God-given attribute. But men, we can be gentle too. That's not unmanly. It is not weakness. It is necessary. Was Jesus weak? He sure wasn't. All-powerful. He could have called 72 thousand angels. How many angels would you need to deal with the crowd that came to him in the Garden of Gethsemane? One, none, actually. Jesus could have done it, take care of it, but he humbled himself and and emptied himself of that divine prerogative, and so he was just like a man, he would have to call on God. And what would God send him? Whatever he wanted. He only would need one angel, but God would send him 72,000 if he asked for it. Twelve legions. What Jesus was saying there, I'm in control. It may look like to you and to the world that I don't have control of this situation. I do. I'm in control. All right, that's another topic. Let's go to point number two. The essence of gentleness is the absence of pride. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1. Paul is defending himself against accusations that he's not humble. The gentleness of Christ, he speaks of, is his slowness to anger and patience, allowing time for repentance. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2, talking about unity in the church, with, he says, with all humility and gentleness. With patience, showing tolerance for one another in love. How many of us can say we are walking in a manner worthy of the title 
Christian. I want to be honest with you, I'm not. And neither are you. Because we know there's always room for growth, right? I'm not worthy. The day I am worthy is the day I put off this immortal and put on immortality. And God gives me the, that crown of righteousness. That's when it happens. And I don't have all the difficulties and the sins and the temptations and the desires of this life anymore. And they're gone. I, can, I can't handle it. Barely. And the only way I'm getting to heaven is through Christ, isn't it? He's the only way. He's the only way. And if you're not in him, you ha- you're not going to make it. We know that. So if we take all the, all the instances of the words gentle and gentleness in the New Testament, we can safely conclude that the fruit of the Spirit Paul is talking about here is humility or pridelessness. Never treating others like you are any better or any smarter than they are. This is such an important fruit because God hates pride. And if you look closely, pride is at the core of so much sin and relational problems. Pride isn't just thinking highly of yourself. We should all think highly of ourselves. But pride is thinking you are higher than others. Flaunting how good you think you are. Making decisions based on what is good for you and how you look. And Jesus is very clear about putting others higher than yourself. So what does that look like? Well, most people think pretty highly of themselves unless their self-esteem is very low. God wants us to think highly of ourselves as his children, his special creation. But as highly as we can see ourselves, he wants us to think even more highly of others. Doesn't that sound like a recipe for a really good world? And if you think about it, can can you be gentle without that agape love? Having this kind of attitude? No. Can you be gentle without patience toward people? They're one of the fruit of the spirits or kindness or goodness. Can you be gentle if you don't have self-control? All these work together, don't they? Pride believe it or not, you know, actually comes from a lack of confidence in oneself, from not feeling worthy. Pride is a um, compensation for a lack of self-worth. So what if we all truly thought highly of ourselves so that we had nothing to prove to anyone else, had no need to put others beneath us, and spent our time encouraging others instead of compensating for our own lack of self-worth. Gentleness is humility, isn't it? But it's also necessary for restoring relationships, and that's point number three. And really, this relates to the previous point. When we feel offended or, um, or hurt by someone else, what is usually at the center of that hurt? Isn't it pride? Somehow or another, our pride is hurt. Our perceived flaws are highlighted, and our pride tells us 
that we can't let that person get away with that. But not only are we told to turn the other cheek, here's what we read in Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. Paul t- says to the, the Galatians, Restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 22 to 25. Paul calls Christians to now flee from youth, or he calls Christians to flee from youthful lusts and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart, but refuse foolish and ignorant speculations, knowing that they produce quarrels. The Lord's bondservant must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to all, able to teach, patient when wronged, with gentleness, correcting those who are in opposition, if perhaps God may grant them repentance, leading to the knowledge of the truth. So, what does this gentle restoration or correction look like? Well, you know, here's, here's what it doesn't look like. This is from a negative, but uh, from a real example I've, I have observed reading, a person said this, How could you be so stupid? Did you grow up with wolves? You are going to pay, or you are going to pay for this, Buster, and you're going straight to hell where you belong. End quote. I left a few words and names out that can't be uttered, but you get the message. This was a wife who found out her husband had an affair. Gentle correction might look something like this. Again, This is a real-life conversation between a couple of Christian accountability partners in this case. Quote, Man, we all struggle with sin. What man doesn't find beautiful women attractive? But you have got to get this under control before you lose all the things that are important to you. I care about you too much to sit back and watch that happen. How can I help you? Let's read what God says about it right now. This fella that we're talking about here was having trouble viewing pornography on the internet, that evil stuff. And when I thought about these examples, the definitions of gentleness that include suitableness and usefulness come to mind. And guess guess which response was more effective in those two examples? Pretty obvious, right? The second one. But here is the big one. When it comes to relationships, being healed. If you do not have a spirit of gentleness, which includes the absence of pride, you will find it very, very hard to forgive. More and more, I am realizing that the key to any relationship healing is real forgiveness. And if I'm not willing to put myself in the other person's shoe and view them with gentleness and compassion, my pride will dig its heels in and hold onto a desire to make sure the other person doesn't get off the hook for what they did. But what use is that? That's not how God instructs us to heal relationships. 
So why should we be surprised when they don't heal doing it our way? There can be no moving forward if even one person in the relationship can't move to a stance of gentleness and forgiveness. Because it takes two people to make a relationship work. A broken relationship cannot be healed unless there is authentic forgiveness from a gentle, humble heart. Mercy has to be included under the fruit of gentleness as well. Why are you listening to this radio program? Why do you attend worship services? It is because of God's mercy, isn't it? Because of his forgiveness and the humility that allowed him to come, Christ to come and be one of us, humbled himself. We need to be merciful, even to those who don't deserve it, like us. If Jesus had been ruled by pride, he would have, first of all, he, he would have given into the temptations, probably, Satan presented to him. And he was, uh, when he was there in the wilderness after being baptized, he also would have likely fought back and called on those angels when he was being persecuted going into his crucifixion. But he wasn't ruled by pride. Jesus had the gentleness, the humility to allow people to persecute him while he stayed quiet and even forgave them while it was happening. In Hebrews chapter 12, it says, For the joy set before him, he went to the cross. What joy? What joy could he possibly have seen? He saw what that cross was going to do for you and me. Love. He, that's, that's what it was. It was that joy. This is going to do it. This is going to give man what they need to come back to that relationship that they so desperately need with the Father. And it's going to come through me. But I must go to the cross. It was because he knew he was the Son of God. And he had the self-worth and the confidence to humbly go through what he did, knowing it was the Father's will. He knew. He knew his worth, and he didn't have to prove it to anyone, including himself. We now are also children of God. Why should we fear anything that other people throw at us? We, we need to ask ourselves, are we willing to follow Christ's example? Do we have enough faith and humility to say that it's okay to be gentle with others, even when they are not being gentle with us? I pray that I might be able to do this, and that the world can uh, become a gentler place for all of us. Psalm, the 37th Psalm, David says this, But the humble will inherit the land and will delight themselves in abundant prosperity. What a great precursor to what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount when he said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. And especially, 
blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. David says they shall inherit the land. Jesus says they shall inherit the earth. And it sure doesn't uh, look like that way, does it? Does it look like we've inherited the earth? What does it mean? Well, we know David is not talking about the promised land. Because when he said that in the 37th Psalm, they already got the promised land, right? That had already happened. So what is he talking about? Well, he's looking forward. Remember, he's a prophet. He's looking forward. He's looking to the Christ. Jesus was talking about that new promise. He was talking about that also in Revelation 21.1, when he saw the new heaven, or uh, when John saw the new heaven and new earth, and the first heaven and the first earth pass away. Not a literal, but he's talking about the spiritual promise, land. That's what we're going for. That's it. The gentle shall inherit eternal life with the Father in heaven. God intended uh, the earth to be for these people. He knew it wouldn't happen. That was the purpose of the earth. Well, we, we, we messed it up. So are we going to take this gentleness more seriously? See, I'm going to do my best to be gentle and humble because not only will we inherit this new promise, but Paul also said that in our weakness, what? God can be strong. For weakness his strength of the Lord is seen. Amen? And yeah. What a blessing. That's what we're looking for. That's what we want. That is being light to a lost and dying world. Well, I thank you for being here. I, 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 may, I might go back and uh, bring all these lessons to the radio program from the Fruit of the Spirit, but I need to... I need to finish the Titus also, so next week I need to get back to Titus. And then I'll come back and I'll probably redo the fruit of the Spirit for this program here. And I hope you learned something. I hope it engaged your mind and that maybe when you get home you'll you'll look at this and study this out. When you're taking notes, take notes on the word gentleness. When you come across it and study these things out to see if they are so. And as we wrap up the radio program today, I want to encourage you to go to our website www.nvcoc.net. You can scroll down. You see the radio mic. Click on that radio mic, and you can learn more about us there, and as well as hear not only this program but all our previous programs that we do here on the radio. But then again, not then again, but again, thank you for being here. May the Lord bless you, and let us always redeem the time. Make the most of every opportunity that is set before us. Thank you, and God bless. Till the symbol will be one for Jehovah's mighty Son. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. This program was sponsored by North Valley Church of Christ. To hear this program again, go to FamilyValuesRadio1010.com and click on the podcast page and find this program and many others right there on FamilyValuesRadio1010.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.